How can the Internet of Things be better secured? I'm Matthew Schwartz, Managing Editor for Europe for Information Security Media Group. Joining me today to discuss that topic is Daniel Meisler, Practice Principal at HP Fortify On Demand. Daniel is also in charge of the Open Web Application Security Project, Internet of Things Top 10. To start the conversation, Daniel, what exactly is the OWASP Top 10 meant to do? You know, as anyone knows with the OWASP Top 10 list, whether it's web or mobile or, or now Internet of Things, there's always a little bit of debate about what the Top 10 list is, right? Is it a list of vulnerabilities? Is it a list of threats? Is it a list of risks? And the best way I've found to describe that is to say that it's the top 10 things you're trying to avoid having happen to you or to avoid doing yourself to your own project. That language sort of abstracts that away from the technical terms that use within the security world because in reality, most top 10 lists are a blend and a hybrid of risks and threats and vulnerabilities. So if you look at the list for IoT, we're looking at insecure web interface, issues with authentication, authorization, network services, transport layer encryption, privacy concerns, insecure cloud interface, insecure mobile interface, insufficient security configurability, which includes things like logging, being able to set timeouts, that sort of thing. Number nine is insecure software and firmware, and number 10 is poor physical security. The aim of the project is really to say what comprehensively, hopefully comprehensively, are the surface areas that you need to be worried about with an Internet of Things device when you're looking at security, right? And one thing to mention here is we tried to build the list so that it encompassed not just consumer but also corporate issues as well, right? So ICS, industrial control systems, data systems, these service areas are going to apply to those as well. So it's going to handle consumer devices as well as what you'll see in businesses. And the idea is just to have all the attack services in one list so that when you go to do a security assessment, you have something to go on other than just find bones and make a list. Has there been any pushback for considering things like SCADA systems and industrial control systems as part of an Internet of Things security mindset? Not really. I mean, we don't specifically mention it in the project at all. You know, I simply built the list and the categories with those components in mind. But there's no explicit statement that these apply to there. I'm just trying to make sure that they do. And most people that we're working with on the project and that we've talked to about the project agree that it does across both realms, both the consumer and the corporate. What led to OWASP deciding to put together a top 10 for the Internet of Things? Was there a particular point where you and some colleagues looked around and went, oh no, we need to do something about this? So I've been in pen testing for most of my career, around 15 years or so in InfoSec. And the idea is that when you look at security of a system, there are a couple of different ways to go about it. There's a penetration test where you look for one particularly nasty vulnerability. doesn't matter how you find it or where you find it. And you go after a particular goal, right? And that's a penetration test. Then you have another type of security assessment called the vulnerability assessment, where you're trying to find everything that's wrong with this particular device or system or application or whatever it is. And what I was seeing over the last several months, starting end of last year, is that whenever people talked about Internet of Things security, they were sort of going at the throat of one particular interesting bone, or maybe two or three particular interesting bones. And they weren't having a conversation about what are the surface areas and how do we build an assessment framework that covers all so basically, it was a project to try and unify around some centralization of conversation in terms of surface area. 
and say, look, when we look at Internet things, whether it's consumer or corporate or whatever it is, we've got to look at all these things. We've got to look at the web interface. We've got to look at, does it have a mobile interface? How does the network encryption work? Is it secure? Is there a cloud component we need to worry about? All of these pieces are really essential and shouldn't be left out in the pursuit of one or two really interesting goals. So basically, absence a methodology or a unified approach, that's where we look to basically build the list and then months later we said, hey, now that we have this list, what if we looked at the top 10 devices under the same exact light? Uh, what kind of volumes would we find? Was that the report HP just issued looking into Internet of Things vulnerabilities? Yeah, exactly. So basically, we did the top 10 list with OWASP a number of months back. And then probably a month or two ago, we started thinking about doing a study. And we used the top 10 OWASP project as the foundation for the methodology for doing the testing of the devices. And what we basically did is we picked 10 devices, good good round number, to say, what are the most popular devices? What's being talked about out there? What has the most reviews? What's being most discussed? What's What's got the best sales? We just took 10 of those and then did our testing. Were there any big surprises for you when you did that testing with the results that you found? I would say, unfortunately, probably not. We in security were so used to testing all these various components, right? We're used to testing mobile apps. We're used to testing web apps, maybe even device security. We're familiar with clouds having a number of issues. And what's unique and a little bit frightening about Internet of Things security is that you're taking all those highly vulnerable areas and you're pulling them all together and wrapping them up under one product. So you're saying, let's take vulnerable web apps, a highly insecure mobile app, let's put it on a device that doesn't have great physical security. Now let's connect that to the cloud with some sort of web interface that isn't super hardened. And now all that together is your Internet of Things deployment. So you're kind of bringing together volumes from all these different other spaces and turning it into its own space. So in one stroke, compounding the potential problems that the device could have, which could lead to data interception or privacy issues, denial of service, perhaps, all those sorts of things, right? No, that's exactly right. Good attackers, any sort of non-intermediary, like advanced attack, it works off of stacking vulnerability. When you have all these different vulnerabilities in all these different aspects, it really compounds the chance that there's going to be something really nasty there. One other thing to mention about that is during the study, we sort of looked at it from the perspective of an attacker because most of our team is pen testers. And there's two main things that might come out of this and sort of a practical outcome of the way attackers will look at this. One is getting access to the device on your home network so that they could be closer to something else they care about, namely your data, your financial data, your personal information, you know, private pictures, whatever it is that they could use or sell or hold for ransom or delete or whatever. So that's one aspect is they're just closer to things they care about on your internal network. The second one is something you just mentioned, which is using those devices that they now control as a baseline or as a launching point for going to attack other people on the internet. So they could join them to a botnet, do something along those lines so that they now control far more devices and far more firepower to attack others with. So cheap and easy processing power and connectivity capabilities, like you saw with uh, Operation Ababille DDoS attacks against banks, right? Using third-party devices as a relay for attacks. Absolutely. One of the things that really jumped out for me was the insufficient authorization that you found on eight out of the 10 devices that were tested. Things like the 1234 password. Yep. 
What do you say about that? You've been sounding the security drum for a long time. None of these issues, when you review the top 10 list, it's not rocket science. <laughs> but obviously there's been this rush, perhaps, by Internet of Things vendors to get their products into the market first so that they can be the wearable device that records your pulse and they can get their market share. I don't know if you have a comment on this, but do you perhaps see a trade-off between security on the one hand and people trying to rush their devices into market on the other? Oh, yeah. There's no question. Yeah, that's the thing about the results, right? They're surprising, but they shouldn't be because if you look at the spaces individually, if you look at mobile apps, what do you have? You have lots of insecurity because people are putting features before security. Well, there you go. You have lots of vulnerabilities because features come first. Well, if you look at web apps, it's the same exact thing. If you look at network security, it's the same thing. If you look at cloud deployments, it's the same thing. So what should we expect if we take all of those sort of broken things and wrap them up into their own product? You're going to have the exact same issues, right? So when we look at the web interfaces, for example, uh, logging in with very simple passwords, being able to guess the password or actually infer and pull out the password with a number of web-based attacks that we use in our methodology. It, it's pretty simple stuff. Password reset, user registration, lots of different techniques you could use to find out what active users live on the device. And then you just guess passwords and they don't have password lockout system. These are old tricks that are used on the website to pull credentials out, to pull accounts out. And the fact that it's present in, in Internet of Things is simply an artifact of it being present in web applications in general. So like I said before, the startling thing is we're just taking all the volumes from these other places and bringing them all together. And as you said before, from a penetration testing standpoint, unfortunately, not a surprise. No, exactly. Exactly. I mean, the, we, we see this in applications all the time. Standalone applications where their only purpose is to have that one little web application, and they have these same volumes. So when you have a web application as part of Internet of Things, they're bound to have the same exact issues. Well, I think it's an excellent resource, the OWASP Top 10 Web Apps Vulnerability List. It gets the conversation started. It gives people something to point to. Same again with Internet of things, you have a number of consortiums that are launching now, some of them backed by vendors, others by researchers that are trying to secure the internet of things. But meanwhile, you already have a lot of things that are internet of things out in the market. So the more that you can throw at this problem at once, the better, since it sounds like people are going to be playing catch up at least for quite some time. Absolutely. There's no question about that. And it's going to be a little bit more severe with internet of things, just because the transition is so stark. We're going from a toaster which has never understood the internet ever in its life, right, to all of a sudden it's going to be placed with interaction with other things online using common protocols. Obviously, the toaster doesn't really care because it's a toaster, but people just haven't thought about the implications of regular objects being online and interacting with other objects and with humans. So there are bound to be some pretty severe bumps ahead. Well, Daniel, thank you very much for taking time to speak with me. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy it. I'm Matthew Schwartz for Information Security Media Group.